the real-to-real deal. In the spring of 2008, my now housemate, Ben, went to a car boot sale in Scarborough. Oh yes, he's one of my cooler friends. I have some quite nerdy friends, but not Ben. He spends his weekends hanging around in car boot sales in Scarborough, because as he says himself, everyone knows that's where the bitches hang out. You want to bag a chick? You gotta get yourself to Scarborough car boot sale. Man, sorry if you find that kind of language a bit misogynistic. They're his fictional words, not mine. Here's a recording made in the spring of 2008 when I discuss with Ben his car boot sale purchase. Ben went to a car boot sale and you saw this reel-to-reel. I gave him some money for it and I don't know what if it's going to be any good. He only paid for the reel-to-reel tape player, but this tape has come with it. Now, can you tell? Is there definitely something on this tape, Ben? I can't actually tell apart from there is scribbled on, the, uh, on one of the reels. It says tape... <laughs> this tape tape one so tape one so this is just the first volume if you keep going back maybe next week to the, maybe you can get tape number two and the sequel of this what we're about to do now is we're about to um, switch this reel to reel player on and then we're going to try and play this mystery tape so it makes a weird sort of humming sound in music you know there's a fan in there because you've actually threaded the, re- the, the reels on manually here hmm so you can now... Well, I think all I can do now is just press a button and hope for the best. It's a big mechanical... Oh, God. Switch. OK. <laughs> it might snap the tape and we might be... Damn. But that's all I can do. I can't really do much apart from that. Ah. It appears. Oh. Right. I've got... The reels are on the wrong way. Ah. So I've just got to quit... Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Benjamin Westwood, you have your finger on the mechanical switch. He is about to press. Anything could happen. Once again, the mechanical arm goes down. We sit and we listen. At first, merely a static hum. We sat there for minutes. The static hum remained static, (laughs) remained constant. We were pretty disappointed. And I wanted to share that disappointment with you. Thank you very much for listening to today's dollop. Back tomorrow. No, no, don't worry. There's more. Eventually, we heard crackles. Sounds beneath the crackles. Listen. The sounds of previous recordings, perhaps, that were made on that reel-to-reel tape. And now beneath all this crackle, we can hear an odd, eerie collage of sound. Music. Voices. Indistinguishable. At first, we wondered if the whole tape would just consist of all this spooky and infuriatingly inaudible tapestry of sound. But then... The Shadows. Contiki. Released in 1962. I'm referencing the release year so that we can start analysing when this recording might have been made. Contiki by the Shadows plays in full. It ends, and then... I can hear voices, as if from another room. It's clear from the quality of the recording and the sounds that you can hear around the recording that this person is essentially transferring records from a record player to reel-to-reel tape. And he's doing so using the microphone, meaning that we get these frustrating, tantalising voices in the background. 
Which, as far as I'm concerned, is a lot more interesting than the shadows. No disrespect to the shadows, if any of them are listening. I did hear that Hank Marvin listened to these jollops for a while, but then apparently got bored when I stopped talking about my kettle. But I can hear the shadows whenever I want. That's what I mean. But it's those distant voices that I want to know. Because they're not available on Spotify. The Shadows is a very fitting band to feature on this reel-to-reel tape. Because beneath the band, the Shadows, are genuine shadows, sound shadows, ghostly distant voices, inadvertent trappings of the past, faint mysterious voices. I can hear a, a woman's laugh, a baby's cry. The person making the recording is clearly in a separate room to those people. If only he'd open the door, open the door into that room, and open the door for us to step into that world. But that person chooses to change the record, and then... Bobby V. Sharing You. Released in... 1962. Two different records, both released in 1962. Again, another fitting choice, sharing you. We are sharing this person's world, although so far the only elements of it that we can hear is this person's musical taste. Not bad. And this series of incongruous, faint, crackly voices. Bobby V ends, and then... Last Night Was Made For Love, Billy Fury, released 1962. Billy Fury ends, and then... It sounds now like we might be listening to the radio, just picking it up from the sound. At this point, song-wise, I'm at a complete loss. I'm trying to find out what this is. I've shazammed. I've googled the lyrics. I mean, that's essentially the extent of my research. But hey, I googled for half an hour. That's how dedicated I was. But nothing. So there's another mystery. Get in touch if you know what this song is. I'm intrigued now, it's quite good actually. He's got quite good musical taste, this person. This mysterious song ends, or rather, is interrupted, and things start to get interesting. I remember you You're the one who said my love is true Yes, you do A man. Good detective work there, David. I remember you. I remember you. Originally sung by Dorothy Lamour in 1941. This man's version, however, seems more akin to the Nat King Cole recording, released in 1961. Then I will tell them I remember Tell them I remember you I remember you, you sing. But who are you? Who are you? Who is singing this song to me? This song that presumably you thought you were simply singing for your own amusement. Yet now, here we are, listening to it by pure chance. Who are you? Where are you? 
When are you? We're trying to piece this together, and hopefully you listeners will be able to help me piece this together and possibly even track someone involved in this recording down. Let's keep listening, and let's see what answers might come. Again, I can't track this particular piece down. There are no lyrics to Google, and Shazam yields nothing. Get in touch with us, any jazz experts. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, hasn't it? Hmm, a radio presenter, possibly? That's what it sounded like there. I can just about hear him saying, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, hasn't it? And that's a jazz song recorded by Louis Armstrong in 1961. So anyway, this piece of music continues a while, but then it gets properly interesting now. And this is where our detective work really begins. When I tell you I can't think, I will have come to see. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a Ken, you know, you should be very careful. Oh, yeah. When I get all of it, I get all of it. Oh, yeah. Well, I just little bit of fun, you see. Yeah, no. You don't care me, but you are very nervous. No, take this break in the recording to take stock in what we've just heard. We've gone from ghostly, distant, faint, flickers of laughter and voices, and perhaps a crying baby I think I heard earlier, and now we're catapulted straight into a room full of excited, lively, dynamic, garrulous people. The first full voice we hear is a man's. Again, brilliant detective work from me there. Presumably not the same man as our singing friend from earlier. It's a very different voice. In fact, he sounds Italian. A woman's voice. Elderly sounding. Slurring slightly. Possibly a bit drunk. The atmosphere does suggest drink might be involved. And we've just heard a man say the name Joe. Possibly the name of the Italian man. Okay, Italian speakers. We need a translator. Americano capate, polacchi scappate, e polacchi mariate. Is that genuine Italian? It could be something within the Italian that gives us a clue. If you're listening to this recording 54 years in the future, we live at... And then the address. So there you go. We're looking for a man called Joe, potentially Italian, living in possibly Scarborough, possibly Middlesbrough, Whitby area, but it was purchased in Scarborough, obviously, this reel-to-reel player. Another clue. Another name, did you hear that? It either sounded to me like Audrey. It either sounded like Audrey or more drink. 
Maybe. But let's not cast aspersions on this woman. Let's assume that it was Audrey. Oh, wait. I couldn't, Ken. Come on. I couldn't, Ken. Sorry. Oh, and then another name. Ken. I couldn't, Ken. Come on. So we've got Ken, Audrey and Joe. We're getting more of a grasp now on who these people might be. Ken, Audrey, Joe. Now we hear the sound of a baby crying in the kitchen. Ken going to retrieve the baby. And the old woman. Perhaps unable to move very well, calling after him to bring the baby into her. It sounds as if actually everyone's gone to see the baby. Now, here we are, alone, in a room with an old woman. We don't know her, we don't know her name, we've not been introduced. Yet here we are, unexpected strangers from the future, listening to their private world, perhaps over 50 years ago. And that woman asking for the child to be brought to her would have no idea that we would be listening to her words and we would be in her world. None of these people would have any idea. That's what I find fascinating about it. It's the unbidden nature of it. And that woman asking for the child to be brought into her, chances are she's not alive now. Maybe this is the only recording of her voice that exists and it's been lost by the family and found by us. Enter from kitchen, screaming baby. Next clue. Did you get that? He wants a drop of port to see the new year in. So it's a New Year's Eve party, presumably. So are we on the cusp of 1963? Anyway, I'm going to split this into two parts. It's getting late, so we're going to split this into two parts and we'll find out more about our family tomorrow in part two.